Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Barry, and today we're saying farewell. Marin's here to talk about the beginning of the end for Paul and how we are equipped to carry on the mission of God. But before we face down shipwrecks and snake bites, now that she's back gathering sheaves, let's welcome in our favorite co-host, Marin. Good day, Marin. Good day, Barry. <laughs> how are you? Just back from bringing in the sheaves. Just get those sheaves in. Uh <laughs> Here we are. This is a pod with no Tyler. Last week, we had no heart. This week, (laughs) we have no brains. Soul. Heart and soul. Yeah. I don't even know. (laughs) I guess that would make me the courage. I'm trying to think. uh, (laughs) Anyway, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. This is kind of weird. It is weird. We've done a pod, just you and I. Third time we've done it, just the two of us. But I don't think we've done it in this room in person. Right. Nor have we done it with me having ability to do... New King (laughs) The soundboard, which is... Settle down. I I do need to settle down, but this is too tempting. Oh Uh, my goodness. I could do pretty much... Rabbits and camels? Anything that I want to (laughs) do. Tyler, you have, have... Burdened me with great power. And you so. did you just learn how to operate this system like 20 minutes ago? I'm telling you, it's very, very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> it's, anyone can figure this out. Yes, I did. Uh, so, yeah. What's new in your world, Marin? What is new in my world? Well, back to school. Back oh, to yeah. school is upon us. That is... That is what is new in my world. <laughs> and what, I, is that, what does that look like this year? I assume by this point you're getting kind of old hat. It's it. just, yeah, it's what my son's going to be a senior. Yeah. My daughter's going to be a junior. Mm-hmm. So by this point, the registration process is pretty streamlined. Yeah. So they did all, you know, the back to school registration stuff this week. We had a, like a marching band parent preview night. Mm-hmm. So really for Jaden, the school year is already well underway. He's been You're a grown up boy. He's, he's <laughs> nearly a grown up boy. Yes, um, you know, marching band kind of takes half the summer anyhow, so sure. he's been back at school almost every day. Um, Desi and I did a little back-to-school shopping yesterday, Fun. and, you know, the whole the, the whole, whole yeah. rigmarole. Do they still get excited about, like, school supplies? You know what? In high school, there are very few actual school supplies really? to buy. So, yeah. like, I don't have to, like, you know brave the crowds of the back to school rush at Target or Walmart. Like there's right. no more glue. There's <laughs> no more colored pencils, pencils in my world. <laughs> no, no. For That's her back to school supplies were like, she wanted um, some like container that would fit her. She likes to warm up her lunches. Okay. She does not do sandwiches. If she does a cold lunch, Wait, is that it's an like option at her school. Well, we're really hoping. So w- she was really excited when she got to high school because they have microwaves. Like I don't even remember that being an option in the for CCA me. or wherever she eats lunch. Okay. Like there's microwaves that she could use. But kids these days, they were off limits when they went back after COVID. Ah, so um, we're hoping that we're the microwaves are back. We've in got microwaves. Action. If not, it's um, she kind of brings lunchables, as okay. it were. Like she makes her own lunchables. Well, loves her meats and cheeses and crackers. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> Yeah, oh, cool. Loves her charcuterie, um, but outside of that, man, last week I had it was it was family week, big family week. That's why yeah. I wasn't on the pod last week. Right. Um, my sisters both were coming to visit me from two different directions. One sister had gone to Chicago to see my dad. The other sister had gone to Michigan to see her in-laws' side of the family, and they both converged upon my house last Sunday night. My sisters, their husbands. And there are eight kids between them. Like, so my one sister has four, the other sister has four. So there were 12 individuals 
sleeping in my home. And did you go through with the plan of having the like the fort set up under the the dining room table or whatever? No, I didn't do the dining. <laughs> well, because we ate there all the time. And I'm like, true. that's going to be hard to pick up the bedding and all that stuff. So some kids slept in the living room. Um, my sister slept in the sunroom. The other sister slept in the guest bedroom. We made it work. Yeah. yeah. We made it work. Yeah. But it was awesome. Um, they are absolutely blown away by the parks of Hamilton County. That is special. I don't oh think I've ever goodness. been, I've, I haven't heard many people that excited about the, the parks I in mean, Hamilton County. I mean, I get it. Like from where I'm from in Chicago, yeah. the parks here are like theme resorts, basically. Like they're incredible. <laughs> sure. Even my sister's husbands were saying where they live in the mountains of North Carolina, they would have to drive 45 minutes to get to any park like a normal park and here we're in Hamilton like County. One of those parks with like the splash park and stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. I yeah, see. they don't even have those gotcha. where they're from. Gotcha. And if they do, they like charge fifteen dollars admission. I gotcha. So yeah. we are living so in we're like not a just magical talk- fantasy yeah. land. We're not just talking about like that one like path through like a couple of trees somewhere. You're talking like the parks that have all the bells and whistles. Well, and, and some of them have, I'm not supposed to say Frisbee golf, but I'm saying it. You I say guess it. Tyler's it's, not here. There's no gatekeeping. <laughs> you call it whatever you call it. Disc golf, my brother-in-law tells me, but yeah. he's like obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, and so that's all he did was do just have go some, to different disc golf courses. We do have courses. some disc golf courses in the area. That's true. And that's some true. of them are adjacent to parks. So like while we're over there playing, he's yeah. over there playing. It was great. Sounds magical. It was a very, very fast blitz of a vacation for them. That's awesome. But then my grandma came up at the same time from Florida, and I hadn't seen her since well before my mother passed away. So mm. um, my grandmother lost her husband, my grandfather, right as the pandemic was just beginning sure. to be underway. Yeah. And so this was a huge deal for her to be yeah. able to come and see family. And that was pretty sweet because she thought she was just going to see me and Jed and the mm-hmm. kids. She didn't even know that oh, my so sisters would be there. Oh, and wow. she got to see all of her grandkids. Does, does the, basically the at chaos once. of all the kids running around, does that energize her or does that just drain her? I think it drains her, uh-huh. but you know, we did it outside Sure. Mostly, and that makes it a lot easier to deal with. Sure. <laughs> so we sat at the fire pit, and the kids ran around, and yeah. it was just a really nice Sweet. visit. It was good. Well, good. I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Uh, Tyler is off this week. He's on vacation with his family out at the lake. I saw a uh, a video on, I think, Instagram of one of them with their like with the kids with their feet dangling in the water, and it was too. very it's clear. Not dark water. Very clear water. So I'm <laughs> sure Tyler's much more prone to being in the water. We'll find out next week, I guess. So yeah, is is this where they go annually? This place? I think they're trying it out. I okay, or maybe maybe they went there once before, but I I don't know that it's that new. That's so to funny. Them, I had that, that familiar to them. I have the same thought when I saw that post. Yeah. those waters aren't dark. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely <laughs> see the bottom of the water. Uh, anyway. Um, the only thing new in my world, Marin, is dog, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we have had in the last month. We've had we've dog sat or puppy sat three different dogs. One is happening right now, and oh, wow. so yeah, it's been really interesting to learn like how Cleo feels about other dogs sharing her space. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, no, we watched your puppy, yeah. of course, your dog, and uh, they had a a good time hanging out. Um, Indy was the dog that we watched her, her parents went on their honeymoon. And so she stayed with us and Cleo and Indy genuinely are like best friends. Now Indy's another boxer, right? Yes. Okay. Teeny little puppy boxer. They're both about the same age and they just wrestle and play. They have the same energy and and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, 
uh, now, right now, we have Lucy, who is David and Liz Cottle's oh, yes. puppy or dog staying with us. And they are, they're like cu- close cousins. Like they look alike. Oh, yeah. They like hang out. They like each other. And the only problem is like Lucy's very affectionate. And she like, <laughs> wants to just be cuddling up to you. And she's always putting her head on your, oh, you yeah. know, on your leg or whatever. She wants pets. And this morning we had a little tussle <gasps> because... I think Lucy was just getting a little bit too into the zone. Like Cleo was, was on the, was just, we woke up in the morning, Cleo was <laughs> up on the bed and then Cleo like, you know, go, step, gets off the bed. Lucy jumps up and we're like, Oh, Hey Lucy. We're like petting Lucy and Cleo gets up and barks at her and they start wrestling. And I, Cleo was legit getting like defensive. She's like, that's my mom. That's yes. my dad. So that we're working through that, trying to figure out how to wow. navigate that. But. Now I know Lucy and she is one of the most affectionate dogs She's so sweet. I've ever, yeah. ever met. Yeah. Liv texted them yesterday and said, well, I guess I better give up my, my, I'm going to quit my full-time job so I can just pet her full-time because <laughs> that's all that she wants. But, um, and then we watched Maggie. We watched your yes. dog. Uh, was that last week? I don't know. It's all a blur. Um, and they, they, I think they're they're fine with each other. I don't know that they had the same energy. I think Maggie's a little a lot more chill. She's, she's older. older. Maggie's older. She just wants to kind of hang out and they just <laughs> they were like fine. It was like it was like Cleo's best friend came to visit and then her aunt came to visit and then her cousin came to visit. And so it's different dynamics every time. So Now Cleo had met each of these dogs before yes, too. Yes. So they had already they kind strangers. of built up a rapport. Yeah. 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 You kept sending us videos of Maggie, which we thought was hilarious and awesome. But she, they were mostly of Maggie just staring she was down the bunnies. Obsessed with she the bunnies. Was it was so funny. She would just stand there at we have like a gate up between like the family room and the bunny room. And she would just sit there literally for an hour without moving. She would just <laughs> stand there and just stare and breathe and drool and there'd be like a big puddle of drool right next oh, to the no. and it was uh Ugh. she that was all the entertainment she needed just watching these creatures that she was just i think baffled by she's like what is that oh my goodness so anyway well she got so your farm is incredible that she can just run free <laughs> yeah. it's like the best day of her life when she yeah. gets to hang out on your farm but she came home from that to a house full of 12 people. Oh, my word. Yeah. And so she's just been, like, crashed out. <laughs> yeah. Everyone went home, and yeah. over the weekend, she, like, hardly budged. Yeah. She's That's so funny. Tired. Even Cleo, each time they've left, has had a, at yeah. least a day of recovery <laughs> from all the puppies. So yes. anyway, that's what's new. We're having a good time. All so. right. A uh, couple of things, friends of the pod, just to talk about. Number one, if you haven't been paying attention Hope Month is coming up this week, and we'll talk a little bit about this at the very end, but I um, just wanted you guys to be aware that we are starting Hope Month, which is the third annual Hope Month, and every time we do Hope Month, we talk about one of the broken places of our world, and this year, that broken place is decay, the decay of the planet, so we're going to spend a whole month in in the Bible talking about what does God want us to think and do about the the world that we live in, the creation that, that surrounds us? And it's really exciting. And one of the most exciting things about it is at the end, we are bringing back something we did years ago called Weekend of Service, where on the last weekend of August, we're going to close down the church and we are all going to just go out and serve. And this year, it's going to be on the theme of creation care. And so right now, if you go to our website, you can sign up for a weekend of service project. Uh, we've got projects on Saturday. We've got projects on Sunday. You could do one of both if you wanted to, but we've got all kinds of different projects and more are coming soon for uh, ways that you can serve with with your community in healing the broken place of decay. And I think it's going to be a really cool uh, way for us to just roll up our sleeves and show our community that we really care. 
So I'm excited about that. That's my advertisement. Tyler <laughs> does those little ads now. Uh, but yeah, that was that's that's it. Have you taken a look at the projects? Yeah, and the way that they design them on the website are so cool. That's it's cool. really cool. Have you? I just saw it for the first time today. Yeah. 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 Does is one catching your eye? Which one? I know. I mean, like, since oh, in particular, since there's a number of projects to choose from, and I, I mean, that would be hard for you. I'm, I. To be honest, I'm probably going to try to map out a, a route that would allow me to visit yeah. as many of the projects as possible on each day so I can just hang out with everybody and see what's going on and maybe, I don't know, hack a honeysuckle or something as the as the project <laughs> is called. But um, yeah, so anyway, that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. So what about you? Anything specific? Um, What was the one? I, I, I just... I saw it from afar, but there's like one where you're, you're building a bug hotel yeah. or something like yeah. that. We're gonna that be using, looked fun. There's So we don't need to get into this. This will take up too much <laughs> time, but uh, there's a whole thing you can do. There's a lot of solitary bees and other pollinators that need places to, to put up a nest. Some of them put them in the ground. Some of them will just use like holes in trees and stuff. And you can create a way for them to, you know, live in like tubes or pieces of sticks and you can make a little bug hotel and so we're going to be making those out of some recycled materials and it'll be cool yeah it's gonna be great anyway so go on to our website website gracechurch.us sign up for a project let's let's do this together let's uh, have a great hope month um one other little family business update this past weekend we had a pretty significant moment in the history of grace and i thought we could talk about that briefly before we yeah. dive into your message uh we launched out our Fishers campus as an independent church plant. We had a commissioning here at Grace on Saturday night, and then over at Fishers on Sunday morning, we had sort of a another kind of launch service commissioning there, and so I got to be in both places. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about all that, Marin? Because you, oh you were on staff at Fishers for yeah. a season. What What's going through your head with all of this? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I feel like we have so much family business that we could just spend the whole podcast <laughs> right. talking about that because Saturday morning was the community oh, fair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, and it was incredible. Blurred. I mean, yeah. hundreds of people were there being served mm -hmm. in a number of ways. Backpacks were passed out. Brand new shoes were passed out to oh, yeah. children and to parents and grandparents. Um, haircuts were given, mm -hmm. bikes were fixed up and given away, bikes were repaired. Had uh, sports physicals people could get oh, for yeah. the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, even family portraits being taken. Oh, that was one of my favorite pieces of oh, the whole yeah. day. So I was already kind of exhausted after just like the shoe yeah. tent I served for a while in the yeah. shoe tent it gets pretty loud in there yeah and so you're kind of like you know you kind of have to shout just to be heard and I'm like okay I gotta preach in a few hours <laughs> it's gonna be a long voice. day yeah so then I had to run from there to go buy some stuff to kind of set up that table we had with cupcakes and stuff for the yeah. the Fisher's lunch and so I was already kind of worried that I'm going into preaching on a Saturday night and my energy Your reserves are empty. Yeah. running low. Yeah. They were running low. Yeah. And so I walked out from the back to take my seat right before worship started. And I saw fishers gathered on like one side of the room. And I was I'm not an emotional person. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I saw them all there and I saw them looking back at me and I thought, uh oh, oh you're no. going to cry. Here it comes. <laughs> you're going to cry today. And oh. so I. <laughs> I got to make these louder. Here we go. <laughs> You're going to cry today. And I did. There was a moment, um, you know, where I was sort of officially greeting them for the last time as a mm. quote unquote, you know, campus. Sure. And now we're celebrating with them. We really are celebrating with them as they 
uh, are launching as an independent campus, but I wanted to thank them personally and from my heart because when we moved to Hamilton County four years ago, that's the church that became home base sure. for Jed and the kids primarily. I was still traveling from campus to campus to campus, but in terms of where my kids went to fuse and where my kids went to merge, it's that campus. Yeah. Um, so it just means so much to me, and I definitely got emotional um, just wanting to thank them for who they are and the light that they carry and mm. how much it's impacted my kids and myself and my husband. So yeah. I'm excited because those are my friends, yeah. and my friends are stoked, and it's hard to be anything else but stoked when you know your friends are having a good time and they're excited about something, so... Yeah, it was actually a little hard for me. <laughs> I was glad I was here giving the message. But all of you guys actually got to go there yeah. Sunday morning for the official oh, yeah. launch. And I didn't get to go because I was preaching. But yeah, how did that go? It was great. I mean, there's so much energy there. There's so much excitement. People are are ready for this new adventure. Um, I, I just think overall, everyone's, everyone's psyched. I, there's definitely a lot of bittersweet feelings. There's grief of like kind of moving separate directions that the, the analogy that pastor Kevin always uses is that it's like sending a kid off to college. Mm -hmm. It's, it's bittersweet. It's like, wow, you're finally standing on your own. You're independent. You're doing your thing, but Oh, you're leaving me. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so it kind of does feel like, like both of those emotions all at once, but it was a great celebration and I got a new t-shirt <laughs> and they have yeah. a new logo and new color scheme. So I got a t-shirt that is very orange. I was giving them a hard time cause it's totally Chicago bears colors. <laughs> yeah. All the yeah. way bears colors. Oh yeah. So <laughs> no, it was, it was a great time. So, uh, and it, it's interesting cause it does tie in the fact that we were launching Fishers. It does tie into the theme of your message. And so why don't we talk about that a little bit? How about that for a transition? Nice, that Barry. was good. Man. Man. Oh, <laughs> Tyler, you don't even need to come back. No, just kidding. Please do. Please do. <laughs> we want you back. Yes. <laughs> Please wow. come back. I don't know. That's not the no. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Believe God. All right. So Marin. <laughs> Marin, can you recap your message a little bit for those who may not have heard it or give us a little bit of a sense of what was your big idea? Yeah, so it was actually pretty incredible. Barry, you, and a lot of people don't know how this works, but you write a general sermon series overview. Like, hey, during the summer, we're going to spend nine weeks mm -hmm. talking about nine key moments in the book of Acts. Yeah. And it just so happened that you had already chosen for July 31st slash August 1st that we would talk about Paul's farewell address right. to the elders of the Church of Ephesus. Yeah. And it just so happened that, Fishers was actually able to bump up their launch day to August 1. Right. And so it's kind of like the stars aligned. Like when we looked at, wow, the subject matter is Paul giving a tearful farewell mm -hmm. and encouraging the body of believers at Ephesus to keep running the race yeah, and, and keep going. Carry the, carry the baton. It exactly. Was, yeah. yeah. So it, it people even this weekend, you know, had thought that we had done that on purpose, but really... Nope. That was the work of the Holy that's Spirit, how, that's just how God making works. it all come together. So yeah, um, it is Paul's farewell address in Acts chapter 20. And um, I guess the big idea of the service overall was that um, through the Holy Spirit and through God's word, we are equipped to carry on the work of the ministry, to carry on God's mission. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted people to know. This whole series was... Uh, how it started and how it's going, but we get to keep it going. 
Um, and so I did just kind of want to inspire people to press on and let them know that they're equipped. They've, they've got what they need. Now let's do it. So now why, well, first of all, why do you think Paul considered that an important truth to leave with the Ephesian elders that you're equipped to carry on the mission of God? And also, why do you feel like you wanted to draw that out for us? Why do you think we need that message right now? Well, he says in his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians 4.12, that it's the job of the elders he was speaking to, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And he's talking to these elders knowing that he's never going to see them again. Mm -hmm. He says this to them. I'm probably never going to see you again. And so just put yourself in Paul's shoes. If you know that this is the last thing that you will get to physically say to a person while standing in front of them, what would you want to leave them with? Mm -hmm. And it was his greatest desire that they would guard the flock and guard I, the flock is such a churchy word. I had a hard time using it all sure. weekend long, yeah. but it is what it is. Like Jesus is the good shepherd. Yeah. Um, it's maybe quite, it's quite biblical. <laughs> maybe it's only weird to me because I don't come from a place of flocks and sheep and right. yes. you know, whatever, but um, no, that's exactly what he was telling them. Guard yourselves, guard the flock, uh, protect yourselves from wolves. Um, all of that, this is what he wanted to leave them with mm-hmm. because he cared so dearly about this church after having served uh, with them for three years, nearly three years. Sure. Um, yeah, mm. I mean, it it was what was on his mind before he said his final goodbye. Um, so he wanted them to know that they were equipped so that they could then go and equip others. This is how, I mean, he's the ultimate church planter, right? Right. right. He goes from town to town to town and encourages the believers and fans the flames, and mm-hmm. that's what he does. Yeah, if what it, he did. For, for Paul to be successful, others had to be equipped to lead. It wasn't about his own leadership. In fact, one of the things that was interesting, you, I think maybe you, you helped me think about this differently, you look at some of the language that he uses and it's easy to think like, oh, wow, Paul was really full of himself. Like he says, you know, I did all these things. I did, I did this. I didn't do this. And then he's like, you know, if someone, per- what does he say? If someone perishes outside yeah, of, yeah. or what does he say? Then yeah. it's not on my, it's not on, on me. It's not my yeah. fault. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He does all that. But you helped to kind of bring out that like what, where this was really coming from, from him, for him was this, this deep well of emotion. He talks about his many tears and you, you talked about that. He, you said, um, he loved this church to tears mm-hmm. and that's just such a, it's a tender side that we don't, I don't always think of when I think of Paul, I think of him more as the, the zealot and the passion, but I don't think of him as the, the tearful emotional. Can you talk more like what in your mind, what, what's coming out about Paul when it comes to that and like his love for the church. Yeah. I said, he spoke with the heart of a tender shepherd and he, in his own words said, I've shed many tears for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it did give me pause because some of these statements we could read do sound like he is kind of giving himself adulations or credit or something like that. You know, I, never held back from telling you everything you needed to know. And I told you everything God wants you to know. And he, he does, he, he can come across that way, but I suggested that what he's saying is I didn't hold anything back from you. You know, you, you don't even have to question that. Mm-hmm. How come Paul never told us? Nope. I, I, I told you everything so that right. you will be equipped. And I, I think that he was instilling confidence in these elders that even in his absence, mm-hmm they can carry on the work. That's why I started the whole sermon with the Dr. King clip. Yeah. Um, 
because there were so many similarities in the way these great leaders were inspiring their people to keep going even in their absence. The clip that, if you didn't see it in the, in the message that she started with, was actually from Dr. King's final sermon that he gave the night before or the day before he was assassinated. And right. it's eerie, the level of confidence with which he's speaking about the fact that he may not make it all right. the way. He's not probably going to make it to the end of the journey, but here's what he's seen. And, right. And yeah, I might not get there with you, yeah. but you will get to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for both of them, there are other farewell speeches in the Bible where like second Samuel, where someone knows that they're dying. Right. Moses knows he has come to an end. Yeah. But this isn't necessarily that case for Paul. Paul doesn't think that he'll see them again, but it's not because he has some grave illness or because he's mm. later on in years. It's it's not like other farewell speeches we see in the Bible. Mm. It has a little bit more of that kind of, like I said, ominous and foreshadowing element, which was also true of Dr. King's farewell speech where they didn't, King didn't know he was going to die the next day, sure. but yet that's what filled his heart were these, these words of goodbye, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul knew that there would be trouble and strife and persecution ahead, um, but there's no way he could have known that he was going to end up dying in Rome, Sure, um, sure. much less getting <laughs> shipwrecked and snake bitten along the way. So there yeah. was, it's, in, you know, of course, here we have the whole story before us. And so it's easy for us to put the pieces together. And in hindsight, like, mm-hmm. wow, look at that. But put yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. Paul only knew that he's probably never going to see them again. And right. so he wanted to leave them with right. this encouragement, which to me is, again, warm and shepherding mm-hmm. and full of compassion. Right. You are equipped to carry on the mission of God. So I... I, I was reflecting on this, thinking about, okay, I know your message was for everybody. I heard it for myself and I'm like, am I though? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, am I really equipped for this? And I, I'm thinking about my own, yeah. where we are right now at, yeah. at, as a church and even my role leading the church. Like we, I just thinking about like what we're facing, trying to lead grace right now where, I mean, apart from the obvious stuff, like everybody's attendance patterns have changed since COVID and now like mm-hmm. people aren't coming to church consistently and we're having a hard time with volunteers and it feels like we're just like walking up a muddy hill and it, you know, it's really hard to get momentum. But beyond that, even more like big picture, we're we're trying to do ministry at a time in a culture where like everybody is a Christian, but nobody is. It's like everybody thinks of themselves, they like, yeah, 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 Jesus, we get it, Christianity, but like, Nobody's really like living out this self-giving love of Jesus in this radical, not nobody, obviously, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It feels like everybody feels like we don't need it because we all understand it, but we don't understand it. It's a cultural thing that like we're culturally Christian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like almost jealous of what Paul was facing in a world where nobody was Christian and nobody even knew about Jesus. And he was going around like preaching the gospel in a way that people were really, truly having their mm-hmm. eyes open. And now we have to try to preach the gospel. And it starts with what you think the gospel is. It isn't. Because clearly it's not transforming lives. Let me show you the real gospel that does transform lives. So that's like a whole added burden. Um, and then I also think about the fact that we're living in a culture in a time where our message is one of trying to get people to sacrifice comfort and and wealth and status for the sake of the gospel, to set yourself aside for Jesus. And it's like, we live in the most self-focused culture of all time. And 
oh, that's exhausting. And then we also live at a time where it's like uh, Isaiah 59 verse 14. He he says, truth stumbles in the streets. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're living in right now where nobody, there's no commonly understood baseline of truth. Everybody's just determining what's right in their own eyes. And it's like, and now we're trying to say, actually, there is truth. And let me teach you about that truth at a time when you're just going to go ahead and listen to whatever you read on Facebook. And so <laughs> I, I think about all that and I'm like, <laughs> am I equipped for this? Are we equipped for this? Because um, sometimes I feel like, man, the, it's only by the grace of God that we're even existing as a church right now, much less being able to like take the gospel torch forward into the next generation. So that's kind of where I was thinking about this, where I, I know I'm just being honest and, and raw here. I know that like, yes, I'm equipped because it's not up to me. It's not my power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through me and through us. But man, there are days when I'm just like, are we, do we have what it takes <laughs> to do this? Um, do we have enough of a legacy from those that came before us to be able to carry this torch into this very uncharted new era? Yeah. One of the, sir, uh, <laughs> I put a lot of scripture in this message and, uh, Which the, the production team yeah. loves. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's encouraging to some, but not to the person who has to like hand type all of this into How dare like you? <laughs> the computer to get it all on the screen. And I almost put even more scriptures in there, but this one I had to leave on the cutting room fuller floor. Um, now I did quote, um, Ephesians four twelve, Um, but right before that, and this is just in response to what you're saying, Barry, are yeah. we equipped? Um, Ephesians 4, I guess it'd be 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God or equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And so that alone tells me that you are partially equipped mm-hmm. and I am partially equipped mm-hmm. And when we bring our areas in which we are equipped, then the body mm. is equipped. Mm. And so it's just so important to remember that you're not doing it alone. Yeah, It's so easy to be overwhelmed at the need, all the needs you just rattled off, and yeah. then some. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get into like broken lives and like all and the, then o- some, the And then stuff. some. Yeah. And, and you can just get buried in it. Mm-hmm. But we are not alone. Yeah. And this is why it's all the more important to spread like wildfire and equip those around us so that we can be complete. Um, Even after that, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Mm, You mean we haven't quite gotten there yet? I mean, (laughs) unity. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, this, that this will continue until hmm. yeah. we measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Yeah. Then we will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, right? Truth yeah. stumbles yeah. in the dark. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, hmm. growing in every way more like Christ. Hmm. So, yeah, it's ongoing. Yeah. It's ongoing. But without equipping those around us or, or, or without, with, without each other, we're incomplete, Mm. but with each other through the Holy spirit. Yes, we are fully equipped to carry on the mission of God and to tackle every single one of those problems you just mentioned. 
Thank you, Pastor. That's helpful. <laughs> Good <laughs> encouragement for me. Um, yeah, and I think, I mean, friend of the pod, one of the, internally, one of the strategies or the the sort of strategic themes that we've been working on is Ephesians 4.12, that we are, that God is equipping, we are equipping God's people to build his church. And mm-hmm. for us, what that looks like is not having all the burden just rest on the leaders or the pastors or the the staff of grace, but to really equip the people of grace, the congregation of grace to be the ministers. And Marion, you did an excellent job of really highlighting that and saying, you're the church, you know, we're here to support you. Uh, but it's not on, it's not up to us at the end of the day. It's up to God working through his people yeah. to build the church. I think I sometimes am afraid that people are going to hear that wrong, that mm. they're going to think it's like, we're oh, overworked. You guys, you guys yeah. need to help, you know, but it's, sure. it's not that at all. This is, if we're really going back to how it started, this is the model for church building. Yeah. This is it. You talked about um, Stephen the martyr mm. a couple weeks ago. He wasn't an elder. Right. But look at look at Stephen the martyr and the speech that he gives. Yeah. You know, that's a lay person. Right. Being martyred for his faith and giving a speech so powerful. It's one of the longest recorded in the book of Acts. Like, sure. Yeah. That's a lay person. That's yeah. that's not Paul, mm. you know, but that's somebody that an elder equipped, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, who was full of the Holy Spirit. So I think that's that's the flame I want to see spread through our congregation yeah. that yeah. they are just as equipped and full of the Holy Spirit as any person full time working at this church. Mm-hmm. And they're important and their work in the mission field is important the the mission field of their jobs the mission field of their homes and their yeah. neighborhoods and their communities um it's vital yeah. it's vital to the ongoing um spread of the gospel it yeah. spreads through us now yeah that's a good word yeah it's interesting what you were saying about like <laughs> you say like everyone is a christian except nobody no really <laughs> right i i came from chicago where Many, many churches that I was affiliated with that I knew of or had friends at or friends who served um, in those churches, a good day was 40 people. Mm-hmm. And so I just come from much more of a culture of non-believers being the sure. majority. Sure, yeah. And it was strange to come here to central Indiana where every church has, you know, police directing parking lot traffic because Mm -hmm. that many people want to go to church. Jed and I always say we felt like we moved to the Bible belt coming here. And culturally it's vastly different from the inner city of Chicago where we lived, but the same problem kind of remains. And maybe it's two sides of the same coin. Um, People here might think, you know, I was raised in church and therefore I'm a Christian and they might think that they know. The non-believers that I still know and I'm still friends with in Chicago are also crippled by the same they think they know. Right. You know, and so yeah. they'll even say things like, yeah, Jesus is cool. I'm o- I mean, I'm okay with Jesus, you know. Right. But they leave it at that. They don't want to follow him because they can't stand his followers. Right. They don't, you know, surrender their lives and, and yield to his authority, but they're cool with him. They're cool with Jesus. Yeah. He's just he's a good teacher. He's just whatever. one more good teacher. He's sure. right. I wonder if we are facing a challenge of thinking that we know as mm-hmm. a culture where 
what Paul was going into in the Gentile world, especially is like, wait, what, who? Right. They had no point of reference for Jesus. But now we have centuries of, you know, church history and world history pointing at right. who they thought Jesus was. Yeah. And so ask pretty much anyone. They'll give you a general idea of who they think Jesus is. Mm. They're starting from somewhere mm-hmm. where I feel like people in Paul's world weren't necessarily starting from somewhere. Sure. Some of them were. Sure. Um the Jews especially were sure who is this guy causing all this trouble. Right. But the good news was so radical Mm -hmm. in Paul's day. And I'm wondering if that's part of the trouble we face with evangelism today Mm. is just getting past people's misconceptions or their point of reference or, or the credit prejudices. Yeah. 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 Cause they already think they know. Right. Yeah. I think, I think perhaps the path forward is going to involve a lot of, well, there's there's deconstruction that's happened in a lot of people's lives where I you know I grew up Christian and and I don't know it's not really for me anymore or those 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 answers to to the questions don't satisfy anymore or whatever so they've deconstructed so much some people are still still in the status quo mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in the deconstruction and many of people I've I've discovered many people who at one point were at that status quo but then deconstructed they're just kind of stuck in the deconstruction and there's just nothing reconstructed and I really think that now in the wake of like postmodernism and COVID and the cultural uh, divides that we're facing, all of it, it's like there needs to be some new reconstruction of what it means to follow Jesus. And and I don't mean starting something new. I mean rebuilding. And I think that rebuilding is something that that people will actually be interested in. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a little time for us to to all get on that same, to all pick up the same shovels at the same time and get to work. Wait, yeah. you don't use shovels to build uh, hammers and, <laughs> and bricks, I guess. I don't know. Well, and anyway. I think it's going to take a mighty move of prayer. And even that mm. just sounds so cliche. But as you're describing this deconstruction, I think of, I have a brother that's two years older than I am. And for the longest, he was the the prodigal son. Sure. Quite literally, the sure. prodigal son. <laughs> And it wasn't until very recently within the last year or two where, again, sounds cliche to say God got a hold of his heart, but it was the strangest of circumstances. It was my wayward brother suddenly feeling like, oh my goodness, did I just hear the voice of God? Oh, wow. Like a still small voice, not Mm -hmm. like a loud audible voice, Mm -hmm. but like just situation after situation kept unfolding in my brother's life to where it became impossible for him to deny Mm. that Jesus was calling. Mm. And my brother is a completely different person Mm. today than he was even two years ago. He's on this like incredible trajectory of growth and it's, it's exciting to talk to him and it's encouraging to talk to him. My brother is in his forties, you know? Um, And he had a very hard heart for a long, long time. Um, but nothing is impossible for God and no one is outside of his reach. Yeah. And there, there were people praying for my brother, you know? So I don't know. That's just a very personal example of somebody that I watched deconstruct his faith down to nothing mm. only to be sought by the good shepherd and brought back by his kindness. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I have uh, one more question I'd love to just talk about briefly. Um, 
And the question is, you, you talked about passing the baton and you said, you know, it's been passed down from generation to generation. I'm curious, Marin, as you think about your life, who's passed the baton to you? <laughs> uh, and I can go first so you have a second to think about this, but obviously, because I had a chance to prepare for this, but I, I'm, I've been thinking about the baton being passed by, obviously, my parents, my mom and dad, but also, you know, my grandparents were godly and they passed it down in certain ways. But also, I, I think back, I think of all the leaders who taught me and loved me and cared for me over the over the years volunteer uh you know small group leaders phil bender tyler's Mm -hmm. dad who just was he was just there that's i mean he was there and (laughs) he's one of those guys that i i knew in high school like he's there for me and all the the leaders that that seemed to take an interest in me during the the hyper awkward painful middle school years you know and and those people around the world that i got to learn from and they built into me and so that for me, when I think about that, I, and even like the people who supported me to go on mission trips or supported me financially to do World Next Door or whatever, like it felt like I had an army of people behind me passing the baton. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do feel that huge responsibility. Like I've got a big, a big job in front of me to pass that baton further. But mm. at the same time, I think most of these people, it was not some big epic calling to pass the baton to me. It was just simply loving and being present for me. And that's what led me to continue to follow Christ and be in the ministry and all that was because of this baton, this gentle, like nonstop, uh, consistent baton passing that was happening through my entire formative years. So I'm curious, like for you, as you think back, who, who passed the baton to you? Hmm. Yeah. So many people come to mind. Um, you know, I could go back to childhood and, um, some of the people in church, who would encourage me as I, you know, started singing from an early age, Mm -hmm. just saying, you know, things like God's going to use you, you know, and what that, what that meant to me as a kid. Um, but then some of those people did continue that encouragement on into my adulthood. Um, and still to this day, um, I'm in contact with some of those people. So yeah, there were, there are people from my childhood church where, you know, we sang songs like Bringing in the Sheaves. There are people from that era that are still um, encouraging me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that played a role in equipping me. Um, but more recently, kind of a cool story. Um, so I've mentioned um, my friend, Pastor Jason, um, once or twice maybe on this program, but uh, he has been in the ministry full time for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk occasionally, maybe, maybe quarterly we talk. Um, and he's been trying to get a hold of me over the last like month or maybe two months. And it, we keep missing each other. He'll call me and I'm in a meeting yeah. and then I'll forget to call him back or, you know, I'll call him and it'll go to voicemail, whatever. We just keep missing each other. So I drove my grandma to the airport last week and on my way home from the airport, I'm like, you know what? I finally have a minute. I'm going to call Pastor call Jason and yeah. really, really hope that Pastor Jason Perry, really hope that he's not busy. And so, you know, we, we talk on the phone and I, I start off with, you know, hey, we got a couple of open positions at Grace. Anyway, you might be interested. <laughs> and he's like, hmm, how can I say this clearly? No. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells me you tell him about the parks the, yeah the but our parks. parks are great man you'd love it here he tells me that after 40 years of full-time ministry hmm. he feels the holy spirit telling him it's time to pass the baton hmm. and we had this hour-long conversation about what that looks like in his life 
Um, he's writing some materials to enrich the next generation of leaders. Sure. He is keeping in contact with people like me who are just kind of beginning in, I mean, I've been in full-time ministry, but full-time official pastoral ministry yes. is still new to me. Um, and so, yeah, just, I feel like I have a living example mm. of what, Paul did for those elders. I have that personally in my life right now mm. with somebody who is looking to retire. He, he, in his words, I'm looking to work myself out of a job. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So he, he comes to mind immediately. And even the conversation I had with him over the phone, um, did inform some of the way I wrote this message and some of the language I put in this message. Cause it's very cool to see that being lived out again, how it started, how it's going, yeah. it's it's still very much going that way. And he even shared a story um, of another church earlier on in his 40-year career, a church he was at for 20 years mm. that didn't pass the baton very well mm. and yeah. why it is so important um, to make this a priority to pass the baton mm. well. Um, there was a pastor, and he didn't mention this pastor's name, and I wouldn't have known him even if he did, but this pastor was uncomfortable talking about his retirement. Oh, really? Like he didn't even want to go didn't there. Wanna, didn't want to bring it up. Didn't want to go there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where Pastor Jason was saying, you know, you really need to, to put a retirement plan in place, and sure, we need to start yeah. thinking about this. Um, the elders came to him and said, why are you trying to shove the pastor out the door? <laughs> right. You know, so there there can sure. there can be a strong reaction against oh, yeah. what Paul is suggesting. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely vital to the continuation of a healthy church sure. um, to be able to do that. So, well, I mean, getting back to the story of Acts, that's exactly what they kept begging him to stay. Right. And he said, no, you're good. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. Go. So, and I, I think I was struck in the passage. Um, I don't have it in front of me exactly what verse it was where, where he tells these elders that they're equipped because they're appointed by the Holy spirit. Mm, yeah. That means so much to me right now at this phase mm. in my pastoral ministry. Mm. Yeah. Like I have to trust that you have called me to this mm -hmm. and you will continue to equip me. I haven't arrived, right? but I'm appointed by you. Yeah. And so I will serve where you've planted me mm -hmm. because you know, I'm a six on the Enneagram, <laughs> so I fear things and I wrestle with things like it's my full-time job. Sure. Um, but that verse spoke so much confidence and peace to me, um, how it started, how it's going. Yeah. They were appointed by the Holy Spirit hmm. and they had each other um, for accountability. Yeah. They didn't go it alone. Yeah. Wow. Well, Maren, thank you so much. This was a great message and I know it gave um, everybody a lot to think about. Liv was kept putting her elbow in my, uh, my side saying, she's going to take your job. She's going to take your job. <laughs> um, no, thanks. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a great job. And, um, I'm, I'm eager to hear as people think about who they're passing the baton to mm -hmm. in light of this whole sermon series about what is the church, what is this movement that we're a part of? So I'm, I'm eager to hear what, what they're, what, what develops in people's lives. So yeah. it's great. Well, normally, uh, Tyler would ask me what's going next, and I already kind of told you, but what's coming next is Hope Month. We are going to dive into the beginning of three weeks looking at what Scripture has to say about caring for creation, and, and the way that I'm phrasing these three messages is the first one is, why should I care 
at all. Second week is going to be, what should I do? And the third week is, and uh, what if it's not enough? So we'll get into it. We'll ask some big questions, and we're going to serve together on Weekend of Service. But until then, Marin, will you please send us out? Sure will. Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 